Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Happy Easter, everyone. It's the TLC show from Trinity Lutheran Church in Norfolk, Virginia with Pastor Jonathan Mraz. I'm your host, James Heft. Yes, it is Easter season. Lots of things to discuss, including what is Easter? What is vicarious satisfaction? That's an interesting conversation that we we explored. Also, what's the afterlife all about? When do you go to heaven? That was uh, kind of a conversation that stemmed out of our remembrance of a longtime member and community servant um, here, here in Norfolk, Howard Copeland, as well as the fact that we did Walk for Life, which recognizes... Uh, the assistance that can be given to young women who are potentially facing the concept of having an abortion, that very difficult decision. And, and so uh, what happens to uh, those babies in, in terms of the resurrection and, and you know, the resurrection of the body that we believe so much in the third article? So good conversation with Pastor on that too. Um, lots of things going on at, at Trinity. We hope you remain excited. Obviously, Christmas and Easter, lots of planning, lots of effort, lots of energy goes goes into that, uh, lots of joy and celebration. But what happens the rest of the year? And so we explore that topic as well. So without further ado, let's get started with the TLC show from Trinity Lutheran in Norfolk. Again, find us at trinitylutheranorfolk.org. We worship every Sunday at 9 a.m. with Bible study, and then the worship service is at 10 a.m. All right, let's get started with Pastor Jonathan Mraz and the TLC show. Pastor Jonathan Mraz, it's great to see you again. Good to be here. Yeah, so refreshed. Refreshed and yes. ready. Yeah, it's been four weeks. We've done a lot of stuff. Uh, some of the things that we talked about on the last podcast, we've had some excitement with. Uh, there was the Walk for Life, which was yeah. a great event for not only Trinity, but certainly for the Crisis Pregnancy Center. They do yeah. that every year. And there was just some remarkable, uh, big-hearted people. Yes. Yeah, I... I had planned on trying to uh, discover exactly how much they raised, but uh, I mean, it was in the tens of thousands of dollars. So mm-hmm. it was very, and it was very well done, and and for uh, not too many better things you can do it for. So absolutely, um, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, and and it's been four weeks since our last podcast uh, because there was a little bit. Um, well, it's, it's a joyful experience, but for those of us who are uh, still living and were his friends, it's a very sad experience, too. A longtime member uh, by the name of uh, Howard Copeland, um, someone well-recognized within the community, uh, passed away, was called home. And so that service was the day we typically record, yeah. Wednesday, uh, which also happened to be during Holy Week. Right. Um, so, so the podcast... Uh, did get preempted. Um, and then I managed to leave to go on our grandbaby tour. Exactly, so. <laughs> exactly. So lot, lots of things uh, going on. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about that. Talk about the joy of seeing family and, and seeing new ones oh, come into the life. It is a joy. Uh, 
you know, our youngest, we've had three granddaughters born from our three children, each one each, in the past eight months or so, and uh, we've been fortunate enough to go visit each one and um, enjoyed uh, this, this latest visit in Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana. And, uh, got to see the new baby, got to go fishing with my older grandson who celebrated his fourth birthday while we were there. Mm. and. Uh, play with the brother that's between those two and uh, so yeah it was it was very very good awesome so talk a little bit about holy week talk talk about this season of easter now now yeah. that now that we're in it what what should be our focus what's what we, is we are about? in the season of easter now you know easter comes and then there's a seven week period leading up to pentecost that uh, where we celebrate, and so, you know, we talk about Epiphany, for instance, with the revealing of Jesus. Uh, that's earlier in the church year, happens in January, February, those weeks typically before Lent. And uh, Jesus revealed um, for who he is, right? Uh, the the God-man. Um, but now in these Easter weeks, we have another set of revelations, and it's the revelation of the resurrected Christ. And so, uh, you know, his appearing to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, his appearing to uh, the disciples in the locked upper room, his appearing to Thomas uh, a week later. Um, you know, th th this is not just a fairy tale, this is historical fact. And, uh, you know, God's Word tells us that, um, at least as they were writing the Scripture, uh, there were at least 500 people that had seen the resurrected Jesus. And uh, although we may not necessarily get to see Him bodily, we do receive Him every week. And so, uh, not just with His Word, but with His body and blood. And um, and it's a very joyous season, especially so because of the more somber nature, uh, reflective, introspective nature of Lent leading to that week of passion, uh, the institution of the Lord's Supper on Maundy Thursday. Uh, Maundy, uh, Latin, comes from the word kind of command, mandate, we get. Uh, the Good Friday, and, and then that, that glorious Easter resurrection. Yep. Pastor, you used a term in an email to me today that I had never seen before, vicarious satisfaction. Yes. What in the world is vicarious satisfaction? So the teacher in me wants to say, did you look it up? But I'm not going to ask you that question. I have been at work all day. <laughs> oh, you work for a living. Okay, yeah. that's... Yeah, well, uh, vicarious satisfaction in the place of, in the stead of, vicariously, to act vicariously is to do something on behalf of another. And uh, this is Jesus' work, right? Jesus, I mean, the wages of sin is death. Not just our mortal death. We're talking about eternal damnation, uh, death in Hades. But... Uh, Jesus took those things into himself that 
caused us to earn that death penalty, that eternal death penalty, and he paid the price for it. So instead of us dying, he dies in our place, uh, both as a human and suffers the torments of hell because that's what the price is for sin. Uh, and gives us, as Luther calls it, the great exchange in place of our dirt and sin and filth and death, life and freedom and salvation. Okay. So, you know, he, he um, has done for us what we are not able to do and, uh, and gives it to us joyfully. Hmm. When, when we consider Easter and, and the resurrection, there was something interesting that was, you know, that happened on Good Friday. Uh, you know, the thief uh, that was crucified next to him, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Right. Uh, and also, um, we had a visitor the, this past weekend, Reverend Marcus Zill uh, okay. from uh, LCMSU, and he and I were talking over the table on Saturday night. He came over for dinner, and we were talking about this topic. He said, in in the liturgy, uh, you say, um, and with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, heaven. Yes. Um, is, is in the liturgy. So the reason that question came up is I asked him, when we pass away, are we resurrected into heaven? I th kind of like the revelation story confuses me a little bodily bit. Bodily resurrection. Yeah, bodily resurrection will occur. But here's a couple ways to approach this. Um, Jesus says, and we use this verse as part of our rite in the funeral service. He who believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And he who believes in me shall never die. So how can you die and never die? Uh, I always think of it in terms of body and soul. Our soul animates our body. When the Lord created us, Adam, Hebrew, dirt, right? Adam, he created us out of dirt. And for instance, again, while we say it on Ash Wednesday, from dust you were made to dust you will return, right? So that dirt was just dirt until the Lord breathed life into it, the soul imparted. And Adam became a living being. At death, your soul and your body separate. When your soul leaves your body, your body's just, I mean, it might look the same, but it's just dirt again. Mm -hmm. And you leave it alone long enough, it'll return to its natural state. Sure. Dirt. But the soul of the believer does not die. The soul of the believer goes to be with the Lord right there. Now, you know, we're not told in detail in Scripture what exactly that looks like, how it happens. I mean, it's something that's beyond our ability to conceive anyway. But um, so when the Lord speaks to that thief on the cross and says, today 
you will be with me in paradise. Again, not a figure of speech. Mm -hmm. We're talking about now, right? The Lord passes. The thief on the cross is assisted in his passing, I'm sure. His legs were broken so that he would not be able to push up and take a breath. And I'm sure the crucifixion, although the pain is excruciating in many ways, ultimately death uh, usually occurs from suffocation. So that thief died his body. But the Lord had promised his soul was going to be with him that day. So at the separation of body and soul, the soul of the believer is home with the Lord. And that's what heaven is, to be in the Lord's presence. It's not necessarily an address. Mm -hmm. It's a state of being. And uh, But your body, it goes where it goes. So, you know, when when when... Mom says to child, Grandpa's in heaven. And the child looks in the box and says, but he looks like he's right here. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's seeing the body, but not the soul. On the last day, you know, this is part of our confession, right? The mm -hmm. third article of the Apostles' Creed. On the last day, uh, I believe in the resurrection of the dead. This is not just a spiritual resurrection. It is a corporeal, fleshly resurrection. Your actual body, your fingers and toes, your skin, your nose, your elbows, you know, whatever, okay. is brought out of the grave, so to speak. Now, you might be dust at that point, or whatever it is. I don't know if you're eaten by sharks or mm -hmm. frozen in the tundra or something, but that body is reunited with the soul and glorified so that all the imperfections that have occurred and uh, because of sin and that were caused by living in a sinful state um, are done away with. And uh, your body is as it was meant to be. So for you and I, this means things like we both wear glasses. Mm -hmm. We'll have no need of them anymore. You know, if you missed, lost a finger, I come from a farming community. Got a lot of nine-fingered farmers, yep. you know, or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> um, I have prosthetic knees implants. On the last day, body and soul reunited, body glorified, perfected as it was meant to be. Not another body, not a new body, my body. And so as is... Job talks, okay. he says, yet in my flesh I will see God. With my eyes and not another. So this, this is me, this is you. I'll recognize you. You'll recognize me. And in that glorious state, we will see all the believers from day one. And this is also true, potentially. This is where I, I don't want to go too far afield. <laughs> sure. Um, but we believe, we believe in life that begins at conception, and ab abortion or not, um, there are miscarriages as well. There are. We've had two. And, and we've had one, um, and so it happens. Sure. Uh, that person was never baptized, though. True. So what? So, uh, what, what I leave it in, wicked, I, I mean, think. all this is in the Lord's hands. 
So, uh, you know, I, I could go to some uh, scientific evidence, for instance, just as in a, you know, uh, kind of a, a discussion starter, mm-hmm. you know, and say, well, science can tell us that the, the infant can hear in the womb. Mm-hmm. But what if, you know, we had one that was uh, stopped growth at about just a couple weeks. So, I mean, what kind of development could there be in ears mm-hmm. to hear or whatever? But uh, I trust the Lord in His mercy. I trust it. I trust in His wisdom. Um, he won't make mistakes. And, and, and I, I expect to see, you know, I've, I've done funerals for stillborn children. Mm-hmm. Um, who I would expect to see in heaven. This is another thing: is that you know, what are we going? Am I going to look like a sixty-two-year-old bald guy? I have no idea. You know, I. You are. Yeah. So, well, what if you died when you were eight? Are you going to look like an eight-year-old? I have no idea. I mean, you know, you're going you're going to look like you were like you were supposed to look, whatever that is. And whether the Lord has us all looking like 30-year-old adults or 20-year-old, I'm going to call them kids now, mm-hmm. <laughs> etc. You know, to be honest, that part's a little bit, for me, it's irrelevant. Right. You know, the big deal is that the Lord put his life literally on the line so that we could live forever with him. And um, where, however we look, it's going to be fantastic. It's marvelous. So let's talk about that joy going forward because I think, um, you know, we're, we're again, we're all human and we're all sure. sinners. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and there's a lot of effort that goes into... Eh, for lack of a better term, the production value of Christmas and Easter. Oh, um, sure. Uh, and and so, what do you do to maintain that that energy that you just spoke of? You know, that really should be you know what maintains uh, a, a a person's interest in church as we go through the rest of Easter, Pentecost, and then into the uh, yeah. Faith wants to hear God's word. Faith wants to receive God's gifts. But we're always fighting this, even at Easter and Christmas. You know, not everyone is a CEO, right? Christmas Christmas and Easter only. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of them don't even come then. But that's a battle of saint and sinner inside each one of us. So, you know, I always encourage people. It's kind of like... I've talked to people before, and they said, well, you know, I, I didn't come Sunday because I, I just don't really have a good reason, but I didn't want to. I said, I've never had anybody ever come to service and come out saying, well, that was a waste of time, you know. Yeah. Um, so I encourage you, I mean, to be intentional, to set aside time to be with the Lord. You set aside time to eat. You set aside time to sleep. Uh, In the natural rhythm of faith, you set aside time to worship. And actually, that's not just on a Sunday. 
you know, yeah. you pray throughout the week. You have maybe you have a devotion, uh, you know, alone with their spouse and uh, a family, or you might attend a Bible study or something to go out. But it, your soul longs to be fed, just like your physical body. You don't feed your physical body, eventually it'll get sick, might die. Uh, possible with the soul too. People say, well, I don't really need to go to church because I believe. But um, I, I had a little example once I heard, I kind of liked, I thought it was descriptive. A pastor going to visit a, for lack of a better term, delinquent member. <laughs> and the member's like, I know my pastor's coming to visit me. But the pastor comes, you know, they're talking, they're enjoying their conversation. The pastor's not really bringing up, hey, John, how come you're not in church? You know? mm -hmm. But they're sitting in front of a fire. And uh, the pastor takes the poker and pulls an ember out of the fire. And they're looking at the bright red glow of that thing. But as they talk, slowly it begins to grow dimmer, starts to ash over. Um, ultimately, it kind of goes out. And the pastor then takes the poker and nudges it back toward the coals. And you know what happens? Ignites. It catches fire again. Now, you know, uh, people overuse these things like we're on fire and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, God calls us light. We're light in the darkness. Fire gives light. I mean, it's, so it's an appropriate description. Um, to go to church on a regular basis and regular, you know, I go regularly twice a year. Well, I mean, it's offered much more than that. And God offers his gifts every week, and he does that intentionally also. And so, you know, I, I, would, I just encourage people to say, make it part of your habit. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to work Monday through Friday, if that's your job, or you go to school or whatever it happens to be. Um, you include some things, properly so, for entertainment, for play. Uh, you know, you're, you're supposed to rest, but... Uh, on that seventh day, going to the church, being among the coals of your family, you know, gathering some heat and some, you know, staying lit, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, the longer you do it, the more it becomes so natural that when you don't do it, I can't tell you how many shut-ins I have that are like my greatest regret, lament, is that I'm not able to come to church. Yeah. Because that's where my family is. Absolutely. Well, it has been a pleasure uh, speaking with you again uh, today. There's plenty of things still to be excited about. Certainly at Trinity, we're we're uh, already knee deep in planning for our 100th anniversary, and yes. plenty of exciting things uh, are going to happen to celebrate that that century of. Uh, being here to proclaim the gospel to to our community, so we're excited about that. Um, but Pastor, would you mind leading us in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. We thank you so much for the gifts that you give us. We ask that you send your Spirit among us always to keep us mindful of exactly what it is you have done for us and what it is you have given us. 
we pray for the people listening to this podcast, that they would be encouraged and uh, that they would hear your truth, uh, the only truth, the absolute truth of uh, your act as Savior. We pray that you would keep hearts and minds open. Where people have questions, uh, I encourage them to uh, contact us so that we can address them. Or you're certainly well uh, able to call me, contact me for that. We pray that you would uh, keep hearts and minds open and bring more people into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor. For folks who want to learn more about Trinity, please visit us at our website, which is http colon backslash backslash trinitylutheranorfolk.org. As Pastor said, you can contact us uh, by email tlc at trinitylutheranorfolk.org. And of course, we worship every Sunday, uh, starting with Bible study at 9 a.m. and then worship service at 10 a.m. at 6001 Granby Street in Norfolk. Uh, For Pastor Jonathan Mraz, I'm James Heft. God's blessings to you.